The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith. And I welcome the folks from Voice America Variety and the folks from Project Freedom Radio Network who are tuned in and listening or catching us in the archives. If you're looking for me on the net, you can find me at leahbrendasmith.com and at Facebook, you can find me at uh, leahbrendasmith.com or the radio show page, Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Now today, we're talking about... Ayurveda and dosha body types. For some of you, this may be new information. I know for myself, I first learned about the Ayurveda way when I was a teenager. Uh, At that time, I was suffering from low blood sugar and insomnia, you know, laying in bed, resting but not sleeping. One of my friends actually um, recommended a doctor to me, uh, Dr. Michelson, who practiced Ayurveda medicine. And he mostly treated me at that time with diet changes and supplements. But it wasn't until, the, I guess, my late 20s that I became more familiar with the, the wider scope, really, of this approach to wellness. And then more recently, I began to appreciate the delicate balance of our health and well-being and in reference to the balance of the elements in our body and the understanding of the different dosha body types And this information really has helped me to appreciate what I need myself for balance and then also to appreciate the differences and sometimes the similarities in my family members, in friends, in uh, clients that I might see, all really based on our constitutional body type and how, you know, as a humanity, we're definitely not a one approach fits all to eating or sleeping or even our work habits and our preferences for play even. So as a beginning today, I want to check in with the folks from eattasteheal.com and they're going to provide a, they had really good information about a simple yet comprehensive approach to creating a foundation. We really need a foundation of understanding for this approach. Understand how our bodies work in conjunction with the elements. And they tell us that Ayurveda is an ancient system of holistic healthcare. 
and it's become increasingly popular in the West. And Ayurveda medicine focuses on all areas of health, including diet, lifestyle, exercise, detoxification, sleep, and, of course, the mind. And Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga and has emerged from sacred texts of ancient India. These texts are known as the Vedas, which are also referred to as the Books of Wisdom. And the information dates back really at least 5,000 years. And it's common for people to think that this is some of the, the oldest literature. But as you'll learn from the things we share today, that our Veda practices are as relevant today as they were 5,000 years ago. And the principles really can be woven into any culture or any time period because really the principles of Ayurveda are, they're really rooted in the laws and the cycles of nature. And according to the Ayurveda approach, health is not a state that can be defined by, you know, the results that you get from your lab tests or just even the annual checkups that you go to the doctor for. But health can be seen more as a continuous and involved process that embraces all the aspects of life. So our physical, mental, emotional, behavioral, spiritual, family, social, and really even our universal connection. So in this way, then, achieving balance on all levels of being is really the true measure of vibrant health. And the ideas of an average person and standard treatments or protocols just don't exist in this approach. In Ayurveda medicine, every individual is uh, one of a kind with an equally unique blueprint for health. And yet the ancient Vedas provide us with a universal framework to help us understand the blueprints. And Ayurveda teaches us to honor and support our true individual natures. So the underlying really prescription of Ayurveda medicine is quite simple. By recognizing the power of self-healing within us, and by focusing on prevention, food, and lifestyle choices, and also our routines, then it seems that we could become our own greatest doctor and have tools and intelligence and awareness that can help us to bring ourselves back to balance. So when we look at the five elements, it helps to understand that everything that's present around us, all around us in the world, also exists inside of every one of us. And in the majesty and the beauty of nature, there are these five elements that provide the foundation for the entire physical world. And Ayurveda recognizes these elements as space, or some refer to that as ether, air, fire, water, and earth. 
and sees these elements as the building blocks for all material existence. So whether you're walking uh, in the wind on a windy day, if you're digging your hands in the soil or floating out on the lake or even sitting around the campfire, we're all familiar with the elements. And all organic and inorganic matter is made up of a combination of these five elements. And every object is unique because every object contains a different balance or a different ratio of these five elements. So the science of Ayurveda also observes the five elements within the human body. We come from the earth. We nourish ourselves with food from the earth. And then eventually our body returns to the earth. Water is our life-sustaining elixir, which makes up more than 70% of our total body mass. And fire provides the body with heat and also radiant energy. And it exists within all the, the internal metabolic and chemical actions and reactions. Air flows freely through the body giving movement to biological functions and feeding every cell with oxygen. And then space or ether is ever-present and simply residing in the background and also providing the other elements with an opportunity to interact in their own unique way. So from an Ayurvedic perspective, the water element encompasses more than just the substance we call water. It also embodies the physical qualities, the biological functions, and the energetic properties of this element. So, for example, water is liquid, it's heavy, soft, and it's cohesive. And it governs all the bodily fluids and it's also necessary for the chemical reactions that take place in nature. So on the subtler levels of the mind and of the emotions, water relates to a calm personality, and the water element promotes love and compassion, and then also contentment. So the five elements these five elements explain why substances of the natural world are harmonious within the body. We can easily absorb, utilize, and be nourished by plants and herbs and minerals and water because these substances are also part of the composition and the characteristics that make up our human body. Dr. Sheila Patel wrote, the, the key to perfect health is to know your Ayurvedic mind-body type. And then, obviously, after knowing that, what we want to do then is respond to the needs of whatever your specific type is. Now, I'm not going to take you through a, uh, 
um, a test, so to speak, to determine what your um, constitutional type is. But if people are interested in doing that, there are certainly lots of places on the internet where you can go. Um, the Deborah King Center is one, the, the Chopra Center is another, just to, just to name two places where you can go and actually do a little questionnaire. It'll ask you simple little questions about your preferences that can help you determine what your body type is. But as we go through the information, you may just be able to get a good sense yourself um, by listening to the characteristics in terms of where you might uh, be in that mix of body types. And Dr. Patel suggests that personalized medicine continues to be one of the most promising developments in modern healthcare. We become more personalized. And then the approach really tailors the medical care and the treatment to everyone's individual characteristics. And Dr. Patel states that from the perspective of conventional Western medicine, Personalized medicine is a relatively new field. Yet an individualized approach to healthcare has been a cornerstone of the Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years. And Ayurveda, which is one of the world's oldest systems of natural healing, teaches that every health-related measure, whether it's an exercise program, a dietary plan, or supplements, it must be evaluated in terms of a person's individual, individual, our own individual body types, our constitutional type, and the specific needs that are driven from that. So in Ayurveda, your constitutional body type is referred to as your pratruti, which is uh, a conception, it's a blueprint, really. The, it, the, well, the Prakruti is a Sanskrit term whose literal translation is our essential nature. So your Prakruti is determined at the moment of conception. And it's the blueprint of all the innate tendencies that are built into your mind-body system, including including your physical and your emotional characteristics as well. So when you learn about Ayurveda and your body type, it'll give you valuable information for nurturing your body's inner intelligence. Imagine that. A way to nurture your body's inner intelligence. And understanding the intelligence then will help you to make the best choices for your own health and well-being, which include identifying foods and activities and lifestyles that are going to have the greatest benefit for you based on your body type. So every substance and experience and all of our sensory impressions, they all have energy and that carries this information and then your physiology interprets this information according to your unique characteristics of your body and your mind. And as an integrative mind-body healing system, Ayurveda recognizes that the body and the mind are they're so connected. So for every event that occurs in the mind, there is a corresponding event in the body. 
So here's an example of that. Happy thoughts of all kinds, including thoughts of love, peace, compassion, kindness, and tranquility. They produce a corresponding state in the body by triggering an influx of these neurotransmitters and hormones in the central nervous system. So according to Ayurveda, at the junction point where thought becomes a physical manifestation in the body, there are three governing managers, if you like, called doshas. And the doshas are the mind-body principle that governs the flow of intelligence throughout our physiology. Now, these doshas are extremely important because they really facilitate this dialogue between the mind and the body. And from your earliest years, all your thoughts, your emotions, desires, and your dreams, and all the mental events that have provoked changes in your physiology are really shaping the body that you have today. And the ancient Vedic sages taught that if you want to know what your body will be like in 10 years, look at the thoughts you're having today. Now that's powerful medicine. If you want to know what your body will be like in 10 years, look at the thoughts you're having today. And as Byron Katie would suggest, question those thoughts. Because unfortunately, many of the messages of our mind are more detrimental than they are beneficial. And years of stressful, fearful thoughts, they take a toll on a body. And they can lead to an acceleration of the aging process. And then that all always leads to an increased possibility for illness. So according to Ayurveda, an imbalance in the doshas disrupts the flow of intelligence throughout the mind-body physiology. And then it becomes the underlying cause of imbalance, of, a, of disorders and of disease. However, when we use the intelligence of the body, use that intelligence to restore balance to the doshas, then that's what creates the opportunity for the mind-body system to always be healthy and to always be evolving. You know, now that we have a, we have a bit of a foundation of understanding the important influence of the doshas and the influence they have on our well-being. So next we're going to look at the three doshas in more detail and pay attention to which dosha or doshas that you may feel are predominant in your constitutional type. And or maybe you'll recognize the characteristics of the other people that you're close with. So in uh, the Ayurveda system, there are three primary doshas. Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. And each of these doshas is governed by two of the five master elements that make up everything within our bodies and everything outside of our bodies. Those elements of space, air, fire, water, and earth. 
the space or the ether carries all the aspects of pure potential and infinite possibilities. And air has the qualities of movement and change. Fire is hot, direct, and transformational. Water is cohesive and protective. And the earth is solid and grounded and stable. Hmm. The blessed earth, solid, grounded, and stable. And according to Ayurveda, we're all born with a varying amount of each of these master elements in our body and mind constitution. So some of us have more fire and water, which are the two elements that make up the pitta dosha. So if fire and water are predominant elements in your constitution, then your primary dosha is considered to be pitta. It's good to know that each of us has all three of the doshas. We have all the elements, so we have the combination of all the doshas. But more times than, than not, there's usually one or, one or two dominant ones. And various dosha uh, proportions, if you like, determine your physiological and your personality traits, as well as your general likes and dislikes, so those preferences for lifestyle and food and activity and climate. So as an example, the Vata type will prefer hot weather to cold. And the Kapha type are more likely to crave spicy food than other of the dosha types. So now we're going to go through the three primary doshas, the elements that make up the doshas, how they manifest in our physical body, and then also some of the emotional characteristics of the doshas. And also we'll include characteristics of when the elements are in balance and what you could typically experience when the elements are out of balance. And then also some information of how you could bring things back to balance. So the first dosha is the vata, and it represents movement and change. It's made up of the elements of space and air. And it's the energy that controls the bodily functions associated with motion. So this includes blood circulation, breathing, blinking, your heartbeat, the movement of your limbs, the movement of your thoughts. And when vada is in balance, there's creativity and vitality. And when vada is out of balance, it can produce fear and anxiety. And the typical qualities of vata are cold, light, dry, irregular, rough, moving, quick, and changeable. And so when the vata dosha predominates, 
movement and change are characteristics of your of your very nature. And then some of the physical characteristics, you know, those that uh, their predominance is the vata dosha, they usually have thin, light frames and excellent agility. They tend to be slender and tall and fast walkers and talkers and have a tendency towards cold hands and feet and great discomfort in cold climates. So they generally have dry skin and dry hair and don't perspire very much. They can be light, fussy sleepers and their digestion can be sensitive. But when the vata dosha becomes imbalanced, they can manifest in the body as weight loss, constipation, hypertension, some people would get arthritis, a general weakness, a restlessness, and even uh, digestive challenges. Well, some of the emotional characteristics that go along with vata are that they are creative and they're quick to learn and grasp new knowledge, but they're also quick to forget. They're excitable and lively. They've got a fun personality, very changeable in their moods, irregular with daily routines, They have high energy in short bursts and a tendency to tire easily and to overexert themselves. They tend to be full of joy and enthusiasm when they're in balance and when they're out of balance, they respond to stress with fear and worry and anxiety. They contend, the Vadas contend to to act on impulse and often have racing, disjointed thoughts, but they love excitement and new experiences. They can be quick to anger, but also quickly to forgive. So when vadas are in balance, they're energetic, creative, flexible. They tend to take initiative, tend to speak quickly, and making very lively conversationalists. But when unbalanced, they're prone to worry and anxiousness and can suffer from insomnia. So when a vata dosha type feels overwhelmed or stressed, a common response would be, what did I do wrong? And here's just a few uh, general um, tips for vata types. So uh, maintain regular habits. Try to eat and sleep at the same time every night. Get enough rest and choose foods that are warm, cooked, nourishing, and easy to digest. Sweet berries, fruits, small beans, rice, and all nuts and dairy products are good choices for vata types. Then exercise intensity should be moderate and more meditative, meditative like, like yoga and tai chi, walking and swimming. These are all good for vata types. And then they're really encouraged to avoid strenuous and frantic activities. There's some good ideas then for what the vata dosha type is like. Some tendencies when they're in balance and when they're out of balance and then some tips to keep the vata type 
healthy. And the second dosha type we're going to talk about is pitta. And pitta is all about transformation and metabolism. And it's made up of the elements of fire and water. And pitta governs all bodily functions related to digestion, metabolism, and absorption of nutrients, as well as the body temperature and the production of energy. So when pitta is balanced, it leads to contentment and intelligence. And when pitta is out of balance, it can cause anger and ulcers. So one of the, some of the qualities of pitta are hot, light, intense, penetrating, pungent, sharp, and acidic. And people with a predominance of the pitta principle have a fiery nature that can manifest in both their body and their mind. Then some of the pitta physical characteristics are a medium physique. They're strong, well-built, with strong digestion, a strong appetite, and they can get irritated if they miss uh, or need to wait for a meal. Their skin tends to be fairer reddish, and often with freckles, and they uh, tend to sunburn quite easily. The hair is also often reddish or light in color, but baldness or thinning hair is also common in a pitta. They're uncomfortable in the sun or hot weather because heat makes them very tired and they would tend to perspire a lot. They sleep soundly for short periods of time and tend to have a strong sex drive, the fire element. But when in balance, the pittas have a shiny complexion, perfect digestion, abundant energy, and a strong appetite. But when they're out of balance, pittas may suffer from skin rashes, burning sensations, peptic ulcers, excessive body heat, heartburn, dry or burning eyes, and indigestion. These are just the tendencies. doesn't mean that all pittas experience all those things all the time when they are out of balance. It's just the range of experience, the range of characteristics when you're out of balance and when you're in balance. And then some of the emotional characteristics of the pittas, they have a powerful intellect and a strong ability to concentrate so when they're in balance, they're good decision makers and teachers and speakers. They are precise, sharp-witted, direct, and often outspoken. They are orderly, focused, assertive, self-confident, and tend to be entrepreneurial. Yet they can also be aggressive, demanding, and pushy when the dosha is out of balance. And they can be competitive, they enjoy challenges, and they tend to be passionate and romantic. But when under stress, 
that has become irritated and angry. They're good public speakers and generally have good management and leadership ability. But they can become authoritarian. They're subject to temper tantrums, impatience, and anger. And out-of-balanced pittas can be short-tempered and argumentative. So when pittas are overstressed, their typical response would be perhaps, um, well, what did you do wrong? And then some just general health tips for pitta types. So it's important for pitta dosha types to keep cool by avoiding overexposure to direct sunlight and also to stay clear of fried and spicy foods. They would do well to avoid alcohol and tobacco, overworking, and overheating. And then when they are aggravated, they're susceptible to feeling negative emotions like hostility and hatred, intolerance and jealousy. So pitta types would do well to choose fresh vegetables and fruits that are watery and sweet, like cherries and mangoes, cucumbers, watermelon and avocado. And have lots of salads with dark greens. And they should avoid conflict and try to cultivate the virtues of honesty, morality, kindness, generosity, and self-control. That gives you then a big, a big picture, a big scope of some of the characteristics and tendencies and balanced and imbalanced character traits of people with the pitta, the fire and water element. And then the third dosha is the kapha. And kapha, kapha is all about structure and fluidity. And it's derived from the water and earth elements. Now this dosha controls the structure of the body and it maintains strength and the physical form in everything from bones, muscles, and tendons right down to the cellular level. The energy controls growth in the body so it supplies water to all the body parts. It moisturizes the skin and maintains the immune system. And when kapha is balanced, it expresses as love and forgiveness. But when kapha is out of balance, it can lead to insecurity and envy. And some of the qualities of kapha are heavy, slow, steady, solid, cold, soft, and oily. And then the physical characteristics. <laughs> kapha types have a strong build and they have excellent stamina. They tend to have large, soft eyes, smooth, radiant skin, thick hair, and a low, slow voice. So those who are predominantly kapha sleep soundly and have regular digestion. 
They tend to be physically strong with that sturdy, heavier build. And they have the most energy of all the constitutions. And the Kapha, the Kapha folks are steady and enduring. With the slow speech, they're reflective. They have got, and they have got a, a deliberate thought process. They may be slower to pick up on things and learn things, but they have an outstanding long-term memory. They tend to have excellent health and good immune systems. Now, Kapha tend toward being overweight and may also suffer from sluggish digestion. So when the Kapha builds up, is in excess in the body, then that's when they would experience the weight gain, the fluid retention, and allergies would also be common. So when they're out of balance, Kapha types become overweight, they sleep excessively, and they can suffer from asthma or diabetes. And depression is also prevalent for them, as well as colds and congestion, sinus headaches, respiratory problems, including asthma, allergies, and a tendency towards the hardening of the arteries. So those are the physical characteristics. And the emotional characteristics of the kapha, these are the easygoing folks. (laughs) They're relaxed. They do things at a slow pace. They're affectionate and loving. They're forgiving and compassionate. They're non-judgmental, stable, reliable, and faithful. Now, they have an inherent ability to enjoy life, and they're very comfortable with routine. Yet they are prone to depression in an imbalanced state, that they can tend to be more self-sufficient and gentle, and essentially they have an undemanding approach to life. They're very calm and strive to maintain harmony and peace in their surroundings. Now, the Kapha types are not easily upset, and they can be a point of stability for others. So when in balance, Kaphas are strong and loyal, patient, steady, and supportive. And people with an excess of kapha, they tend to hold on to things, jobs, and relationships, long after they are no longer nourishing or necessary. Excessive kapha in the mind can manifest as resistance to change and stubbornness. And in the face of stress, the typical kapha response is, I don't want to deal with it. So to further this picture then of the Kapha types, here are some general health tips for Kapha. So it's important to be active on a daily basis because Kaphas are prone to that sluggishness and depression and being overweight. So getting out of the house and actively seeking new experiences is certainly recommended. And being receptive to change is useful. Being intentional in implementing life-enhancing actions. 
And generally speaking, kapha should choose foods that are light, warm, and spicy. Tea with dried ginger and lemon is a great pick-me-up for kaphas. And they're really encouraged to avoid oily and processed, so heavy oily foods and processed sugars, because they're detrimental to the kaphas. But use of spices like pepper and ginger and cumin and chilies and lots of dark greens are really uh, great for maintaining balance and health for the kapha types. So those are the three doshas, the vata, the space and air element, the pitta, the fire and water elements, and the kapha, the water and earth elements. And remember, we all have all these elements in different combinations. And as I mentioned, you can go on the internet and do some tests, simple question and answer types of things to help you determine which are your predominant uh, uh, doshas. But uh, Deborah King, who is a renowned teacher and best-selling author, and someone that I have uh, done and continue to do some training with, she teaches about the doshas in her online Life Force Energy Healing Program. And here's some information about the different possible combinations of dosha types and how to gain and maintain balance for your specific constitutional type. So there are 10 different basic body types, and all 10 possibilities are made up from different combinations of the three doshas that we just went through, the vata, pitta, and kapha. And the first three are the single dosha types, right, which we just discussed, vata, pitta, and kapha. And when one dosha is, you're a single dosha type when one of the three doshas is more prevalent than the other two. And then there are six other possible combinations that would cover off the two dosha types. So that would be when no single dosha is extremely dominant, yet the characteristics of two doshas are prevalent. They're either expressed at the same time or alternating a little kapha one day, a little pitta the next day, or different times or different activities type of thing. So in that case, they're alternating. And the six combinations are the vata-pitta, and the opposite would be if the pitta was dominant and vata was secondary. So you have the vata-pitta or pitta-vata. You could be pitta-kapha or Kapha Pitta, and then the Kapha Vata or Vata Kapha. And those are the different combinations of the possible two dosha types. And you may have found when I was reading through the descriptions of the different doshas that you tended to be dominant in one or felt that maybe you had two that were pretty well equal. 
And then the tenth combination is the three dosha type, where all three of the doshas are nearly equal in their prevalence. Now this body type, which is really quite rare, is called the vata, pitta, kapha. And really, it's good to understand how the doshas become imbalanced. You know, and according to Ayurveda, every day, really, nature's asking if our inner elements and our outer elements are in balance with the natural world. And really, at the end of the day, the state of our health really depends on our ability to keep each of these doshas Uh, in a balance, so that we're balanced with the inner world and the world around us. You know, including all the constant interactions with all of the elements that happen all day long. So the better you understand the doshas, then the better you're able to adjust your habits to bring them back into balance when they get deranged. And that word is really a word that's used in Ayurveda to mean out of balance. They refer to the doshas is being deranged. So when you know the leading qualities of each of the doshas, then it can help you to know what to add or what to remove from your lifestyle to keep to keep them balanced. Well really to keep you balanced. So give you some more information to help you understand the dosha types and how you can work with these for yourself. So the vata The air, folks, the airy dosha, its leading qualities are cold, dry, rough, moving, and quick. So when you add any of these qualities through your diet or through the environment, as an example, through cold, you know, a cold windy day or a cold drink, uh, air travel, So these types of things will cause the vata dosha to increase. And if it increases too much, then it will go out of balance. Which is true of all of the doshas. If they increase too much, they go out of balance. Then for the pitta, the pitta, the fire and water, the leading qualities are hot, moist, sharp, and sour. So when you add these qualities, it will increase pitta. So if the pitta is low, then adding these will increase it and could bring it up into balance, like spicy or fermented foods, a hot, humid day, and even hot emotions like anger. And then if you you get those in excess, then the pitta will be out of balance. Then for kapha, the water earth elements, the leading qualities are heavy, slow, steady, sweet, and soft. So when combined, water and earth become heavy and sluggish, just like the kapha dosha. So when you add anything damp or heavy, it increases kapha. So a heavy overcast day, for example, or or gaining weight will increase that kapha dosha. And since the system's really based on keeping proper balance of the three doshas, 
then Ayurveda really requires a continuous monitoring of the body and the mind to make sure that they're in balance and to make adjustments in diet and lifestyle. Do it preventatively and do it as soon as they seem to be going out of balance or becoming deranged. So here's some keys to balance. You know, the way to be happy and healthy, according to Ayurveda, is to make your doshas happy. So you need to know your body type and then respect it. And really, the way you respect it, what that really means is that you need to trust that it knows what's natural and what's good for you. And then that way you can learn to work with it rather than against it for your optimum well-being. And then the four general areas of everyday life that can be altered to keep the doshas in balance are those lifestyle things, the diet, exercise, daily routines, and then also seasonal routines because things some need to be different as the seasons change. As that would be more so true in places where if you live in environments where there's much more extremes in temperatures uh, during the season changes. So the, the vatas, the key really to keeping balanced is regularity. So for vatas, you want to keep a regular schedule to get plenty of rest, to drink warm fluids, and then generally just keep yourself warm. You want to avoid stress and avoid overstimulation. Now that's for the vata balance. And then the most important for keeping pitta in balance is moderation. So you don't want to push yourself too hard. And you want to be sure to consistently alternate rest with all of your activities. You want to avoid getting too hot. By keep, you can keep your environment cool. And avoid strenuous activity outdoors that could overheat you. So pittas, pittas are also very visually oriented. So it would really be helpful for them to get out in nature often and enjoy the majesty and the beauty in nature. And then the key really to balancing the kapha is stimulation. You know, kaphas need to seek variety in life. They need new experiences. They want to eat a kapha conducive diet and be careful not to overeat. You know, kaphas are already really sweet, so they need to reduce sweetness in their diet. They want to stay warm and avoid dampness and exercise regularly, preferably every day. That would be really helpful for the kapha type. And making your doshas happy will make you happy. And really, this is the secret to balancing the whole mind-body system. Now let's just, just hear a few things from Deepak Chopra as he shares some of his wisdom about this ancient approach to wellness. And he says that freedom from illness really depends upon expanding our own awareness and then bringing it into balance, and then extending that balance to the body. And this process, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's not really complicated. 
as an example, when you meditate, you effortlessly enter a state of expanded awareness. And in that inner quiet that refreshes the mind and restores balance, that's where you go when you meditate. And given that the mind and the body are inseparable, the body is naturally balanced through the practice then of meditation. And in the state of restful awareness that's created through meditation, your heart rate and breath slow down. Your body decreases the production of stress. Those stress hormones, you know, the cortisol and adrenaline, and you increase the production of the neurotransmitters, those good ones that enhance well-being. You know, like the serotonin and the dopamine and the oxytocin and endorphins. And then meditation is just one of the most powerful tools that the ancient Ayurvedic physicians prescribed for balancing the mind and the body. But Ayurveda also offers many other practices for expanding self-awareness and for cultivating your inner state of balance. And I'm going to just give you a couple of examples of some of the more important aspects of the Ayurvedic approach and suggestions for applying them to great perfect, perfect health in your own life. So we talked already about understanding your unique mind-body type and the specific needs that derive from that, the understanding about the doshas, and then taking a personalized approach when you know your body type to make the choices about diet, exercise, and supplements. And then also Ayurveda encourages to eat a colorful, flavorful diet. And then also the recommendation of getting abundant, restful sleep. Ayurveda says that sleep is the nursemaid to humanity because during sleep your body repairs and rejuvenates itself. And then living, really living in tune with nature. It has a a precise meaning in Ayurveda. It means that you have healthy desires and that Your desires match what it is that you need. And just like nature made you what you desire, you don't need to be in conflict with. When you're in balance, then you naturally desire only things that will nurture you and have you be healthy and balanced. And then really strengthening your digestive power. So eating foods that match match your body type so that you can fully metabolize and reap the, absorb the nutrients from your food. And then the best advice at all is to, of all of all, is to take it easy. In Ayurveda, this approach is about aligning with the infinite organizing power of nature rather than struggling or trying to force things to go your way. And I know we can all use a refresher on that approach of taking it easy. And this principle is embodied in the law of least effort. When you observe nature, you notice the grass doesn't try to grow, it grows by itself. Birds don't try to fly, they just fly. And flowers don't try to blossom, they just blossom. So nature really functions with effortless ease. 
spontaneously, without friction. It's intuitive and holistic, non-linear and nourishing. So you will expend the least effort when your actions are motivated by love. And because nature is held together by the energy of love, when you chase after status and money and power or accolades, you're just wasting energy. But when your actions are motivated by love, then your energy can expand and accumulate. So Ayurveda suggests take it easy and let yourself be guided by love. Let yourself be guided by love. Hmm. I'm a tridosha, the Vavata Pitta Kapha, but I had a, uh, many years of being uh, overweight, which threw the Kapha in my system out of balance, which made me think I was a Kapha for a long time until I came back into a normal body weight. And now I realize that, in fact, after doing the, the little tests that you can go on the internet and do, that uh, I actually am a tridosha. So now this information is very helpful in learning how to keep things in balance. So when you start to feel things going out of balance, you know the lifestyle things that you can adjust to make things come back together for yourself. It's been a pleasure to bring this information for you today. I am your grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. Thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And until next time, relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.